0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our second installment of Spotlight Conversations for the year 2012. We are so excited and honored to have with us today vocalist, actress, flutist, songwriter, director, producer of short films, Monet. Welcome to Spotlight on Jazz and Poetry.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I'm so glad to finally connect with you. It's been a long time coming, but we finally making it happen and again just you know just relax enjoy yourself talk about you know whatever you want and i may ask a question but if you want to expound on it the floor is yours so you can talk as long as you want and um you know we'll have a nice conversation okay
1: okay i'm with
0: you all right i'd like to start out with where are you from and who were your early life and musical influences
1: i am a new yorker born and raised um my influence in my life were my parents initially of course and um and the higher power god you know i've definitely been shaped by his decisions and my parents doing his bidding um creatively i I come from a, a creative family so my grandfather actually played violin believe it or not and my um my stepdad was a jazz trombonist. My mom sang and also played piano. And she actually, many moons ago, was at the Apollo with her trio, the Hayward Trio, when she was a kid. And my dad actually managed groups. So um, it's just been ongoing musical groups. You know, it's just been ongoing creative stuff around me constantly. Um, Betty Carter is a family friend. And... um my stepdad just knew a bunch of countless greats, really, because if he were alive today, which he's not, God bless, but he he knew a lot of the early folks like Dizzy Gillespie and stuff, Dad Jones, Thelonious Monk. So you got it. You got it.
0: Honestly, you've been around and it's <laughs> been in your blood. I mean, you know, uh, basically. So that's uh, that's a beautiful thing. Where did where did you study music? Where did you? St- to school
1: um well i studied i had private lessons believe it or not i got a scholarship um to study in college um i i really liked first of all i guess having a a, you know musician parents you just are different anyway because you spend a lot of your time you know listening to them play you know, mm-hmm. and he, he was definitely that old-school jazz guy because he played trombone. So, you, you know, me and my brother, Daryl, forget about it, we were the two little kids on the blanket at the jazz concerts, you know, where your parents are out there with their um, libations. All right, I'll say that. Uh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> that would just be, you know, whatever they felt like rolling out with and a couple of snacks for us you know, and they be doing what they do, you know, and, and, um, I look back now, and I smile, me and my brother get a kick out of it now, I love him, um, we, uh, we just, we just in the middle of all of it, so anyway, part of my growing up and enjoying me was, uh, learning how to play, really, and, um, I liked a lot of different kinds of music, so, um, I picked up different things, and, fell all
0: in love with the flute Mm. I was going to ask you you play so many instruments and just the the ones that I've I've seen documented were the oboe guitar piano um and the flute is what you concentrated on um the most is that correct
1: well what happened was I play guitar I like to finger pick I like to do that whole acoustic thing because I like the story telling piece um, mm-hmm. And I basically do my music on it. I'm, I'm not, like, going to come out and start jamming down with people, at least at this time. That's not where I'm at. Um, mm-hmm. I played um, I played oboe, and I say past tense because I put it down because it was nothing with my embouchure, you know, because mm-hmm. it's double reed, you know, and it was just doing something to me. And so right. then, you know, I, I basically, the flute was is what I've been with, you know, the, the longest I would say in... In terms of just hanging out and vibing with people, that's pretty much what I would pick up and do that with.
0: Mm. And voice, of course. Oh, yeah. And I, I left that part out, too. I sure did. Um, but you, you said something interesting, the sure. Explain yeah. what that is. It's because I, you're the, you know what? Out of all of the people that I've talked to that were you know, um, horn players or reed players or whatever the case may be, you're the first one that ever said anything or mentioned anything about the show. Can you explain what that's about?
1: Um, I'm gonna try to explain it. It's, it's like the, the, the tautness the way your, your lips your lip muscles and stuff um, uh, what am I trying to say shape position themselves so that you get the mm. sound that you want to get I mean you come on you play no front you know
0: <laughs> you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you think I don't know see I did my homework too oh uh, no, no well you know what
0: it, it's <laughs> just for it's just odd to hear someone say it because I actually you know I do I do more writing than I do anything else okay? Um, okay you know poetry and short stories and I wrote a poem about the embouchure technique and 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 you know someone teaching me that and it's it's on a whole different vibe than what we're talking about. You can best believe it. you can Heart best believe it, you know. But you know, it was just funny um, listening to um, or hearing you rather talk about that, uh, you know, even even though it was brief, because that's so important when you're playing those instruments and um, you know. Uh, just making sure that your lips are formed correctly and and that it's not a lot of vibration and all this kind of stuff. It's it's pretty amazing, you know, actually.
1: Yeah, doesn't I mean when you play, you can't have a bunch of stuff all over your lips because it just isn't going to work, especially yeah. flute. Flute's going to yeah. be sliding up and down all the It's not going to work. Yeah. How, many, how, <laughs> <laughs> how
0: many different different uh, flutes do you do you have?
1: I only There's have two. Different? I Only have two I have my first 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 flute, which is what I did my first project um with and then um i have um I have a new one that i was I was given which is you know pretty pretty exciting it was a, it yeah. was a gift so I have a good old bundy uh-huh. I have a good old bundy and it's I believe it or not it's a silver flute. flute it's hard to believe, but I do have one. And um and then Jeff Weissman of Weissman Flutes, um, gifted me a Trevor James, which mm. is phenomenal. You know I love it.
0: Are they Are they like a uh, alto or something like that? Is, is how do they classify those flutes? Because I've seen different sizes. You know, my, flute. my flute has
1: a B flat foot, so okay. you know it's a standard. Yeah, it's a standard with a B flat foot. I would okay. love to one day be able to afford you know a bass flute. I'll say a bass flute, a bass flute. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I would love that like, because yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. I love the you know I love the fullness.
0: Mm. I love
1: you know I love the way it feels when you you know when you're playing in the lower register. Even though when you play flute, most of the time you have to play kind of high up. You don't get the joy of going low. Right. You know, like Hubert laws with my favorite song by him, which is Malaguena. I
0: love him Mm -hmm. anyway, but my favorite is Malaguena. Wow, I do happen. oh yeah, oh yeah, and I, you know, that's Mm -hmm. why I said I'd like to, um, you know, as a backdrop for our conversation, like to play some, you know, some of the music that you like, and um, Hubert Laws, I I saw that he was, you know, um, definitely one of your musical um, influences, so I definitely was going to... uh, You know, play that. But I am familiar. I have a a seriously extensive jazz collection. I mean, music collection in general, but my jazz collection goes back like 40 years. Wow. Um, You know, because as you've quite, as I'm quite sure you've read since you said, I do my research too. I've been, um, my parents ran a speakeasy back in the day and I used to play the music. You know, they used to be entertaining, you know, shooting crap and and playing poker and my mom would you know she could burn you know what I mean and she would have all these meals for sale and have, we had a bar in the basement and all that kind of stuff and wow. I played the music so I've been collecting music since and that was I would say I was around seven or eight when they used to ask me to do that of course I couldn't be in the area where they were but I was upstairs and I had all of the albums you know what I mean and and you know, just playing that music over and over and over and over—the stuff they wanted to hear. You know, it was like, you know what what, what we want to hear, boy, that kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. and by listening to that that jazz and and reading, um, you know, the liner notes from off of the album jackets and whatnot—that's that's basically how I got my education with this music. And you know, see, similar to your, similar to what you said.
1: Yeah, but see, people can't even do that anymore because they're not even trying to buy the hard product. You know, they're not getting to, to get a lot of information, you know, from us as artists because a lot of people aren't actually walking in and picking up those CDs. They're doing the downloads, which I appreciate. I appreciate the yeah. digital downloads now, not mad. But yeah. in terms of getting more and more information, you know, that's why I personally try to beef it up by using Facebook as a forum so that people could see who, what other voices, both, you know, human and instrumental. On my project, because I think that it's so important for you to realize that, I mean, especially real music doesn't happen in a vacuum, you know, you in and of yourself as a little island, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. You need to bring the other people to
0: it. Yeah, and and I still have every, maybe one or two might have went on the wayside, but I think I still have every album. Um, I have a heck of a CD collection, too, but every album, I think, from... Way back in that day, I still own them, um, and you know, even if I don't play them, I get a chance to just read, you know, and just keep doing the research on different artists. And um, you know, I was I was looking at yours, and from your latest uh, your latest project, Life Size Mirror, and. You have so many people. Name some of the people you have playing with you and, and uh, on that and singing with you and producing and all that kind of stuff.
1: Oh, boy. I've got um, some wonderful folks. I've got uh, Steve Wallace, um, producer, co-writer, um, mixed a lot of the project as well. Angela Johnson, co-writer, producer. She mixed a, a song or two also. Um I've got Randy Wilson, he co-wrote, and, and he, he's playing on some stuff. I've got uh, Nick Rolf, who's like insanely great. I love him. Keyboard player. Uh, co-wrote a song. I've got Chigi, who produced and co-wrote another song on there. I've got Sandra Williams. Uh, he, she won the Apollo like three or four times. Um, she lent me some vocals on, on my joint, Hold Me Sweetly, which I did with Jesse Fisher. Mm. Um, I mean, I've got, I'm trying to make sure I didn't leave anybody out. I hope I didn't. I'm all in trouble. I've got uh, uh, Prez, William Bush, Prez on there. He produced for me. Um, I've got Tickler, uh, Victor Axelrod. He co-wrote and produced um, Ever Want, which is the reggae uh, vibe joint. And I've got, Um, what else? Who else? Abby Dobson, Martha Redbone, um, Mm -hmm. let me some vocals. Um, Trish Angus. Did some vocals on there. Angela Johnson did some
0: vocals, too. Oh, uh, gosh. It's star-studded. I mean, you got a lot of people working with you on that piece. Um, and let me just shout out one particular piece that I really love. I mean, I, the whole project is really dynamite. Um, Hold Me Sweetly. woo Oh, man. You like <laughs> you it, know. huh? Yeah, oh, yes, indeed. And especially, I liked it when you called it, You, it says uh, on your bio, uh, Monet, Monet, rather, excuse me, admittedly calls calls it baby-making music. And
1: uh,
0: it's smooth like that, believe me. It's smooth like that. I could see that getting a lot of play on Valentine's night,
1: man. <sighs> I'm not mad at him. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know, the independent... Honest Soul Movement. Explain what that is.
1: An independent, honest soul mute movement, that's the important part. I mean, independent, obviously, we're on our own. So everything we do, mm-hmm. we fund by ourselves. You know, yeah. and even if we partner with management or whatever, we're still responsible for doing what we gotta do. Um, I'm skipping the word honest for a second, and when you say soul, soul, you know, it's coming from within, you right. know and uh well you said movement right Mm Mm-hmm. okay so we mean that we're all unifying together to make something happen as a collective now the honest part comes in that you know we are actually musicians we are actually people who um either studied in in terms of scholastically which i know i sort of glossed over that but we actually got together and found teachers, or we went and sang in churches, or we sang in, in groups or choirs or something like that, so that we could learn learn our way, you know. And I think part of the honest soul music movement credo has to be that, you know, we put in our time. We, meaning all of the artists, we put in our time, and we learned in whatever um you know, whatever institution it is that we chose, whether it be going out there, grinding, doing live shows and learning that way. You know, some people, um, you know, Anthony David, he's in my camp. He was the king, I remember, of the three, you know, the three-chord song. And he got up there with his his little three-chords. I remember checking him at Joe's Pub, you know, and he was doing his thing. I'm not saying that's how he learned, but it didn't hurt, you know, and people watched and modeled after him. You know, there's a lot of things that, um we do in the honest soul movement we're, we're behind folks we get behind of each other really you know and give each other support give each other opportunities to step out from behind you know um it's just a real pure um situation in that i, I mean i feel so many things when i when i hear it actually i don't even know where i want to stop you know because mm really, I mean, because the independent piece is so huge and so large and so intense, you know, and then the honesty piece is just exactly that because there's really kind of no room. I mean, you know, there's going to be people doing whatever else they want to do, you know, subversive stuff, but there's really not a lot of room for that. So those energies end up getting cleaned out because everybody's working so hard that, you know, it's about folks that are, you know, you know, one-for-all, all-for-one kind of thing. You know, Kindred, you know, those are my people. You know, they work hard. They do a lot of stuff. You know, they're a good, you know, straight-up, you know, singing duo company corporation in and of themselves, even though we're all part of purpose. you know, entertainment group, you know? And it's just like there's a lot, there's a lot that goes on when you talk about the indie, you know, Honest Soul movement because we're really making our way, we're making our points, we're getting our messages out, we're giving good product, and we're actually celebrating live music, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and it's just, it's, it's really, it's beautiful.
0: <laughs> what do you, yeah, what do you think could, we could do to, because it's always, especially with um, with our folks, and when I say our folks, I mean African American people, We don't come out and support the live music like we should. I mean, when I go to a a concert, um, you know, especially a jazz concert, um, I see mainly other people, if you know what I mean. I see white folks. I see Latinos. I see Asians. I don't see our people come out. Now, I don't know whether it's all, and I'm talking about even a free concert, um in the park. You know what I mean? We don't yeah. we don't come out and support um our musicians the way we should. What do you think we can do about that and what's the cause of that?
1: Well first of all, unfortunately people have like really bought into the whole, you know, glam slam nonsense of music. You know, they they're they're still running with um, you know, the little fifteen year old skinny whatever singer, you know, little young boy with his pants hanging off and all of that. And that's great. I'm not knocking it. I like some of that music too. I'm not going to front. But, Mm -hmm. you know, that is what people, um, that is who sells the tickets, you know, unless it's a super major artist, you know, who it's like, seriously, you can't, like a Miss Jackson. You know who's going to come out Mm -hmm. with lights dropping from the sky, you know? I mean, it's like an all-or-none kind of thing. I I do think, though, that people are open to exploring um, coming out and supporting live music. I don't know that people are aware. I don't know that people really realize that that we're here and that they're going to come out and actually have a quality show. You know, I don't think that, I think that a lot of folks are just not, they're just not, they're just not aware of it. And the, the, the kids, if you will, and I don't mean that to make anybody feel alienated, but you know, the, the, the teenagers and stuff, they're the ones that are running and racing to the shows and staying glued to the, you know, the social networks and, you know, they're the ones that are going bananas. And, and it's like a lot of, a lot of the older folks, the adults, you know, aren't really aren't really doing that and so they're not really aware I don't think of what's out there that's right at at their fingertips
0: Mm. I know with with, as far as spotlight on jazz and poetry go we spend a lot of time um, trying to get this music and the poetry um, out to our young folks the young people because um, I don't know how it is in New York but it's probably the same as it is here in Philly where I'm at the arts programs have like disappeared from out of the school. I mean, I was just talking to my wife and I said, we saw someone walking down the street, um, you know, elementary school student with a violin case. And I was like, whoa, when's the last time you've seen that? You know what I mean? We used to Mm -hmm. always see that when we were kids. We used to always see, you know, I used to walk around, you know, um, thinking I was going to play a trombone myself, you know, but. You know, a lot of the arts programs are are not being funded in the school districts anymore. So, you know, we lost a lot right there. So we have, I guess we, as adults, have to grab them and say, you know, this is an alternative to what you're listening to. What do you think about it? And and you feel the same way?
1: Yeah, I do. But, you know, that brings me to a whole other thing because I just have um – you, I have such a huge um, commitment to life. Period. Um, mm-hmm. In in that I look at at our our youth, and I don't see people celebrating the way I would I would personally like to see. And it, it sounds judgmental, and I don't mean it to be. It's more of an observation. And I'm gonna I'm getting to what you said, but the point of the matter mm-hmm. is is that a lot of people, unlike yourself all happy talking about I'm married a million years and I got my four kids and, you know, my hamster and, (laughs) you know, I'm messing with you, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, indeed. A lot of people don't, they don't celebrate. You know, they're not excited about their progeny. You know, they're not turned on. You know, they're not spending time. They have them as showpieces. It's gotten worse. You know, people often had children for showpieces, but they didn't really understand that they are, in fact, an investment in, in our in our universe, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, if, you, if, if people get more into that than what ends up happening, not unlike me and my brother, you know, where we were sitting up and, do you really think we wanted to go to jazz concerts? Come on now, we were little kids. Right. We were little single-digit kids, you understand? Like little, yeah. seven and nine, something like that. You know, we were little kids. Right. We right. want to be there. We wanted to be home you know doing anything else but that and i think that people aren't like excited about grabbing their little you know their children their teenagers you know they didn't start as children so now they're teenagers and they're really looking at them like they're aliens you know so they don't really think about incorporating them into you know their lives fully you know Mm. and so unfortunately it also is happening musically Because, you know, it's not necessarily that, you know, I would sit down and listen to, um, oh gosh, help me, Johnny Mathis or, um, like Al Green, you know, or Hal Melvin, you know, or Dad Jones, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It wasn't like, ooh, I want to go listen to this. No, but they were playing it. (laughs) Right, right, right. And parents aren't really, aren't really, um... Parents aren't doing that. I mean, not to mention the fact that now the people who are parents didn't have that done to them. So they really right. are far removed from the concept. You know, and the music yeah. they're listening to is the music that, in fact, is, you know, proliferating throughout, you know, the atmosphere now. That's what they want to hear. Right. You know, and so they, there's been a serious um, breakdown in terms of what people expect mm-hmm. to have playing in the background of their lives. mm
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, and I, so no, I agree they, wholeheartedly,
1: yeah. Yeah, they figure a lot of people, Oh, they could get them a drum machine. I mean, I'm happy to see the people still getting excited about folks, you know, tapping on buckets and whatever other things can make acoustic vibrations, you know, and realizing that there's a difference in the tonality. And even though it's just a rhythmic thing, I'm like, thank God for you. Because at least people right. are still doing that, you know. Right. And I mean, I'm always people poetically lyrically you know if you want to spit whatever your vibe is i'm always happy to see that because that goes back to the ancients you know in the time of the griot you know in africa which is ever so important and we need to have that and as we move forward in our world right now people are going to really slip because the separation is going to get greater and greater and greater. And the only people that are going to really be able to continue you know knowledge are going to be the griots you know and the griots will be the, the poets they will be the rappers you know and that's when people like myself and others who i love dearly will step on up with their little acoustic instruments and be the background landscape for these stories you know we're going to go full circle back to who we who we really are
0: wow that's you know i'm you have smile so much that <clears throat> when you stop smiling it still feels like your face is smiling that's that's how it is listening to you oh man you you just fell right into you know what i wanted to get into next which is the correlation between and i'm saying jazz and poetry because of spotlight on jazz and poetry but you know it it's all intertwined what's the correlation what do you think the correlation is between jazz and poetry and what's the importance to our culture and you started you know you already started you know into that uh into that question. So, um, let's follow up a little bit with that. The correlation between jazz and poetry or music and and poetry and why is it so important to our culture?
1: Well, you know, first I want, I want to ask you because I think that you're extremely learned. So I want you to help me define the concept of jazz.
0: Um, I, I think, as you as you said, that it's it, it was born. That music was born out of the struggle um, of our people, you know, from slavery times on, and you know it, that also incorporates the blues, um, the storytelling from the griots, like you said, um, you know R and B, you know everything, pretty much comes from that that time period. Um, I feel that it's important. Is that what you want you want me to explain why I think it's important?
1: Yeah, I wanna I wanna yeah. just, you know, this is about us sharing and building and I think that part of that's also part of the drama. You know, right. because people aren't connecting, you know, over the phone, state to state, you know, continent yeah. to continent, generation to generation. You know, your vantage point, your viewpoint of, you know, what jazz is, you know, may or may not match mine, but it's going to definitely add a different layer, you know, because if I'm going to sit and define um, jazz, and I don't think that jazz is that, or maybe I don't even feel qualified, because I'm going to be honest before we even get confused, I don't feel qualified to define it per se, you know. Mm. But I do think that you, because this is is the forum that you've chosen, the plateau you choose to speak from, you know, the podium that you're behind, that you obviously have a concept
0: yeah and and um, j- you know jazz and the correlation I feel between the jazz and the writing and the, the storytelling and whatnot is the whole improvisation side of it. you know, it's it's improv with with both the writing, the poetry, and the jazz. I, I remember um, talking with my sons and a couple of, of their friends and talking about how similar poetry was. And jazz was to hip hop, because that's the era that they, you know, that they're coming up in. And um, they were like, ah, no, it has nothing to do with the jazz. That's for them old folks. You know what I mean, listening to that jazz. And I said, no. I said, you know how you have the freestyling, for example, you know, when they when they're doing the um, freestyling back and forth with the hip hop and they're battling or whatever. I said, now, let's listen to a little bit of that. And I forget who it was. It might have been Nas and somebody else, you know, uh, rapping back and forth with each other. And I said, okay, now listen to this. And I turned them on to a little bit of Dizzy Gillespie and Charlie Parker going back and forth with each other. I said, now, tell me, doesn't that sound the same? And they just looked at each other and they said, yeah. And I said, okay, now you got the human beatbox. And this is more from, from our era, I believe, um, Dougie Fresh. And he's doing going through his beatbox thing. And I said, okay, now listen to this. And I put on this song by um, Louis Armstrong called Heebie-Jeebies. And what happened during the recording of that, um, some sheet music that he was reading from fell on the floor. So they couldn't stop and pick it up because back in the day, the, the studio time was outrageous. So they just had to keep going. So that's when he started scatting. Skip-dab-de-bap-de-bop-de-boop-de-bap. And they left it like that. So now, isn't that the same as Dougie Fresh? Or isn't Dougie Fresh's stuff the same as what Louis Armstrong was doing? And they had to agree with me. So, you know, that talking point or that teaching point alone was just showing them the correlation between, um, you know, jazz and poetry and hip-hop. And why it's important to our culture is that it's almost like um, sitting around telling jokes or sitting around just negotiating agendas. everybody has something to add to the pot to make it an even better stew and you know once I once I you know start talking about that then that whole conversation is is on and it just you know we just have to try to keep marinating it and keep keep on boiling it or whatever or simmering it in order for and, and then it gives you the opportunity to actually talk to one another or actually even look at one another and say, darn, this is a person in front of me. You know what I mean? This is like, um, you know, it's real ideas coming. All we're doing is just talking or all we're doing is just having a jam session. And it's, you know, it's a beautiful thing and I think it's real healthy. Yeah, I
1: think so.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, do you feel it's necessary for a performer such as yourself to know the history of your uh, particular genre and, and why do you think that is?
1: Well, I wasn't trying to get out of um, visiting that question anyway, but we'll go to this one because I'm with you on that. Well, first of all, the genre meaning organic soul? Okay. Is that what
0: you mean? Because whatever,
1: you, yeah, whatever. If if I say that, then you know, for me, you know, organic soul conceptually is like kind of unique. Um, mm. So it's just about me being able to. I have to. I have to know what it is that I'm defining. You know, and I think that. Um, I think that music. Period. You should. You should visit the roots of any music that inspires you. So you can, you know, you can broaden your horizons and just visit it. I mean, you don't have to, if you're not a history person, you don't want to know the history behind something, that's fine. But you can listen back to similar pieces, you know. I mean, if you're moved a certain kind of way, then maybe you do want to know a little bit about the artist, you know, behind the piece. And what was on his or her mind when he or she sang or played that thing, you know, because it's it's always... um, a lot of times it could be cathartic for you too, you know, as you move through the world, you know, figuring out why you're attracted to something. You know, but I I don't... Because I think... Because organic soul to me is a fairly new um, genre, if you will. I don't even know if it exists on iTunes. You know, I think it still gets slipped into soul or just R&B. You know, I don't think there's anything such thing as organic. You know, but I do think that it's important to expose yourself... Um, as much as possible, to as much as you possibly can, um, of the genre that that you connect yourself to. So, if it's organic music, then you know, to me, that would be anything that comes from a raw percussive space, be it vocal, you know, be it um, you know, um, winded instruments, um, string instruments, pianos, drums, you know, whatever it is that's inspiring me organically, you know. Mm. And then soulful mm. soul music is so many things, you know. Right. Soul music is a lot of things, so I can't, I don't want to do that to anyone because I don't want to put parameters or boundaries around people, you know. And also organic music, too, again, you know, for me, comes from a very uh, jazz place as well, you know, almost an avant-garde kind of jazz space for me, you know. But that, again, is very relative, so because of that, you know, I could be in a space where people are just going off, you know, organically jazz wise and I'm in heaven. You know, other Mm. people are like, what is that? You know, (laughs) but I'm (laughs) happy. (laughs) right.
0: Right. Right. Um, so did you want to, um, you know, did you want to revisit that, that question that I had or, cause you said you didn't want to, you didn't want to skip by it or, uh, no, I don't. So
1: you're going to re-ask it so everybody knows what
0: we're talking about. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, you shared the stage. Oh, you want me to re-ask it, you saying?
1: It's up to you, yeah. We oh,
0: do. no, no, no. I'm rolling well, with you. No. <laughs> oh, okay, all
1: right. I'm rolling. <laughs> but I no, do want to say, too... um, wait, you know what I forgot, though? Early oh. on, my producer, my other producer and co-writer was Ethan White from Tortured Soul. That's the oh, okay. person I forgot, and I love Ethan to death. And Tara Reynolds also <laughs> is, is on my CD and a few things.
0: Yeah, yeah, I uh, yeah, I saw. I, I glanced over that name, but I said, let me just, you know, I, I didn't know whether you had said it or not, but uh, I'm definitely yeah, going to, to make sure it. that, yeah, definitely going Here. to make sure that everyone gets those shout outs, you know, because uh,
1: who did yes. most of
0: the arranging on your on your uh, on your new project?
1: Ar- what do you mean? Well, I mean, Ar- Steve did a, a lot of the production. Yeah, um, Andy has two songs. Um, Ethan has one. Shigi has one. Um, I wrote Why Are So Many by myself, and Prez um, did all the production around it and added some more guitar, because I'm playing guitar on that. Yeah. And then I have Jeff Smith. Oh, my God. Jeff Smith. <laughs> How could I leave out Jeff Smith from Family Stand? He's playing sax.
0: All right, everybody's gonna get it, they, and they'll be glad to hear it too. Oh, she didn't forget me, you know. So no, please don't
1: cool. get anyone.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, you, uh, I don't know who it was. It might have been. I might have, cause I, you know, um, read the bio that that uh, George has sent me uh, of you, but um, the look that you have—you changed your look. From, from those, and I love those. Were those locks or... or yes, or, they were my locks. Yeah, that you had and you change. They were beautiful. I mean, and you're still beautiful, don't get me wrong, but they were just wonderful. I just loved that look. What, what made you uh, change that look? Or you just wanted to change and that's for the sake of change or you wanted to do what?
1: No, no. Um, that's a good question. Um, I love my locks. I love them to this day, even though they're not on me anymore. Um, It was time for me to change my energy. I feel that hair is um, its my own personal thing. I feel that hair is a spiritual thing. You know, it's the extension of yourself. It comes out of you, you know. And um, the hair that we grow um, collects energy as we move through the world. That's why um, a lot of times people will be like, no, 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 don't touch my hair. It's not because they're tripping. They just don't want you transferring your energy into that living part of themselves, you know? And for me, um, my locks were definitely uh, part of my my growth. And it was me um, expressing myself and being free. And I love, love, love them. Um, After having um, some deaths, Uh, My my beautiful aunt uh, Audrey died, and and some more people passed away, and um, after uh, being in a house fire, um, and almost, you know, getting burned a little in the house fire myself, and my my locks being singed a little bit, and, um, you know, just after uh, I had also some surgeries, I had some things happen, and I was like, it's time they have absorbed all of these vibrations you know it's time to let them go and let those energies go with them Mm. so that's what i did it was definitely about that i definitely was not um excited about having a little fro so it freaked me out at first (laughs) (laughs) that's why in the youtube um some of the youtube footage uh you see me at the blue note with my little afro and my little hat on and it took me a second to get used to it and then I was just twisting them, you know, just two strand twisting them. And I was kind of like, all right, that's not really going to work. You know, and I'm not ready to lock again.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, and
1: being an actress also, I wanted to be free. You know, um once I once I made the decision to let them go, the decision not to lock was I wanted to be free. I didn't want the the um I wanted to just do whatever my hair is going to do. And I'm not a hair person, so hmm. pulling it back um, is. It, it just seemed like the most logical thing to do once it grew out of the little afro stage. Right. Yeah.
0: And listening to me talking with a bald head, you know, I'm like listening to this energy talk. I'm like, whoa, I just keep taking my energy off, man, and just <laughs> letting it go down the sink every time I shave. <laughs>
1: no, but that's a clean slate, and that's, and you have to admit, come on, the first time that you did that, didn't you feel free? Wasn't there a certain freedom because you're exposed, you know, like, I used to hide behind my locks, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And they definitely would be down in my face, and people would be like, get from behind them, get from behind them. But it was like my protection. Pulling your hair back, shaving your head, you are present. My mother and I talked about this before I even did it, and we really, it was like a big, we went to dinner, we had this big discussion, and she was like, oh, well, my hair was longer. I was like this, and I was like, yeah, it's absolutely how I feel. She was like, once you cut your hair short, people are looking at you. You know, and Mm -hmm. I agreed with her, but when I did it, I felt it. People can really see you. And when you pull your hair back, they see you. They see your forehead.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: They see the pimple from last night's ice cream. You know, you're like, oh, man, you know. So they see you, you know, the little circles. You need some more sleep. You know, I want to rock my glasses most of the time. I'm like, because I want to hide my bags, you know.
0: Yeah. I don't need them,
1: but I want them on my face. Right, right, right.
0: Yeah, that's and, and that's funny. That's true about the hair. I did feel it because it was it was gonna go back anyway. That's the way my hairline was received, you know what I mean? So I just completed the task. But it was funny because, you know, once I finally, you know, went all the way, first I had to make sure I had the right shape head for it, you know what I mean? So once I got over that and I found out where my where my birthmark was at. Because I would never I never knew, seriously, because my, my mom, she had, a, my mother, I may mean, she rest in peace, she had a, she was light brown skin and she had a dark splash, like, on the back of her neck. And my older brother, he was dark brown skin and he had a light splash on the back of his neck. So I'm going years and years and years thinking, darn, I don't even have a splash. What What the heck is going on here? Where's my splash at, you know? And I shaved my head, and I, you know... Somebody said, "You know, you got a, you got a birthmark on the top of your head." And I looked, and I was like, "Ah, there's my splash." You know what I mean? <laughs> so that that actually did something for me. It made me feel real good. You know, I was like, "Whoa," you know, a splash. So, yeah, I definitely feel you on the the whole energy and the freedom part of it. You know, definitely can feel that. Um, who in the industry? Because you played with so many so many different people and we're going to get into that acting uh, your acting uh, and filmmaking aspect too but who in the industry would you like to someday share the stage with
1: oh gosh oh man there's so many people I would like to be with on stage are you kidding me oh boy if
0: you could name if you could name two so that must really be hard but if you could name two
1: yeah, it is really hard because there's so many people that I love for so many different reasons, you know, mm. there's like, there's like, um, oh my gosh, you're like, well, it's taking you a long time, you got such like a long list, but <laughs> there's, there are, no, really, because there are my, you know, there are my co, there are my peers that I love to I love to be with, you know, so many of my peers that we're out here struggling together. Um, there are, uh, Oh, gosh. Why did my brain just go blank? I had a list like, and it went, <laughs> and I'm like, really? Seriously? I'm not supposed to have that kind of thing happening. Thought, no, my,
0: my, my youngest son would have said, oh, that's the that yeah. early Alzheimer's sitting there.
1: Uh-oh. Let me now Let me <laughs> find out. <laughs> no, because I did get to play. No, I got to play with Zinx. I mean, I didn't. I mean, there's people I would, I'm never going to get to be with because they're not here, like Miles Davis. I mean, come on. I wouldn't, wouldn't want that experience? You right. know, I would love to jump up with, um, certainly with Najee. Why not? That'd be a lovely thing. Love him. Um, I love Hubert Laws, but really? No, I just want to be there. <laughs> mm. Um you know, I was there with George Duke and Terry Lynn Carrington and Esperanza Spalding, and I was just in heaven. It's hard to think about joining them because I'm, I'll probably be standing there, like, really, it's my turn to play. You know, no, all right. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely still in awe of a lot of, of a lot of people um, who wouldn't want to be playing some sexy flute on top of Will Will Downing. You know, of course,
0: why mm. wouldn't I want
1: to? Mr. Balladier, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Come on oh, yeah. now. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Of course, of course, I want to be with the with the Diva Sy Smith and you know jump up there and do a couple of things. Of course, you know I mean I'm getting nervous just thinking about who you know. Yeah, I know. Uh, that's a wide,
0: I know that's a, a wide ranging uh, question. Sometimes I guess it's, it's kind of unfair because it's just so many. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, cause, and then there's the current
1: big, yeah, there's the current hit people that are the musicians. Like Alicia Keys is a musician. You know, wouldn't mm. I love to play some flute with her? Of course. Mm. I got close. Her top horns, you know, on yeah. my project. I'll say that. Yeah. Yes, mm. they are. I love those guys. Those yeah. guys are awesome. Um, you know, I know George is going to be like, come on now. You know better than this. You're supposed to have it together. And I'll be sitting there going, yeah, you're right. <laughs>
0: Oh no, it's it's, it's fine cuz this is this is real. This is just how it is. I mean, I get I get like that sometime too where it's just you know, I'm more excited about the question and the different possibilities, you know. Um you know that that you can't really zero in on one or two people like I asked. No, but, but you it's,
1: know it's, I would it's, love it's to play with Michael though. Franks. I mean, Michael Franks. Come on. I would love to be with yeah. him. And people don't like him, but I love
0: him. Oh,
1: yeah. um, How was you know? that
0: playing at the you mentioned that you played at the Blue Note. How was that playing at such a legendary venue like
1: that? Well, you know, first of all, the first time I got to walk up into the Blue Note was to go see Miss Betty Carter because she's mm-hmm. friends with my she was friends with my aunt and um so I wanted her to hear my music and so I'm outside knocking on the door and everything and um you know, I'm like, Oh, it's Jean Phillips niece and she's like Get in here, girl! And that's my first exposure to the Blue Note was Betty Carter saying, Get in here, girl, and me, you know, crawling into the room with something for her to listen to. So that was the first thing. Um, So certainly going there and getting on stage, I got to go on stage with Maya as it's saying, who I love, who, you know, it's like, that's why when you asked me, I was like, well, I'd like to play again with Maya. I'd like to play again with Eric. I'd like to play with Gordon. I'd like to play with, you know, Cameron. I'd like to, i I like to play with Jeff again, you know I mean? There's so many people that I want to be with that I love that I've played with, but I want to be back with them again, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I know the question isn't that. The question is who, if you could, out of, you know, the untouchable, would you try to get to, you know? Yeah. But um, being on stage was definitely... It was a rush. I mean, when Maya invited me to go, I was so turned on, I couldn't even think straight, you know? Mm. I just went tripping up onto stage, and, you know, I was really happy. It's just a rush. I mean, just joining her. And then, doing my own show was, you definitely feel like you were, you know, you arrived in a big mm. way, because suddenly you're on this, you know, crazily famous you know you're on this stage and you're you're looking around and it's like wow this is my house tonight you know Mm. and it 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 feels good it feels really good especially when people come out for you know for the independent artists evenings and events you know it's 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 huge it's major for us
0: oh yeah oh yeah you know for me it
1: was phenomenal
0: (laughs) and what do you have what's on the the horizon for you um for you, concerts or, or anything like that. What's coming up? Because I definitely would love to come and see you uh, perform. Um, so what's, anything coming up in the near future? Um, and then I
1: am back at the Blue Note in April. i um, doing the Late Night series, which is like the midnight show. Yeah. Um, on April 7th. Those are the two things I've got coming up musically. Yeah, well, I definitely have
0: to check out the... The April sounds sounds better. Then once you have some information about it, well, I know you probably already have it. Just share it, share it with me, so that I could bang it all over my my uh, Facebook and everywhere else. Definitely. Um, you know, so that so that uh, some of my folks and I got a lot of people that, that a lot of friends that live up in New York that probably would like to come and see that too.
1: I would love that because you know. Also, people can keep up with me on ReverbNation.com. Slash Monet NYC. You can hear my music there. You can see what's going on with me, where you know. And um you know, that's a good thing. I'm the I'm, so I'm that... featured Sorry.
0: I'm th- no no no, no I'm sorry. Go ahead. No,
1: I was gonna tell you I'm the featured download of the month too. Um, oh, so I have wonderful. a free download rolling on Soul Tracks. Yeah.
0: So I'm definitely gonna have... um, Yeah, so I'm going to you know, blow up your, your Reverb Nation page and any other page that you have. Just you know, I'll make sure that I have that information and make it part of my liner notes because you're definitely going to be on that um, my liner notes page and you know with your with your bio and, and what's going on with you, any concerts and your um, you know your website information and stuff like that. You know, I like to like I said, it's, it's about you and that's how we feel here with our Spotlight on Jazz and Poetry, i just like to help in any, any way that we can and, and just to get the word out about you, you know what
1: I mean? Yeah, I appreciate it. Are you kidding me? That's what we need. And that, that goes back to the other question you asked, you asked me earlier, which is why aren't people coming out? Also, they're not, they, they they're not aware of it and we're not necessarily um, tapping into resources that will push us, that will get people to come out and see us. You know, because you need that. We really need that.
0: Do you have any advice for any young people that would like to pursue a career in the entertainment industry?
1: Yeah, I think, first of all, um, listen to as much as you can. Read as much as you can. Um, um, Go to live shows. If you're really pursuing it, go to live shows what people are doing and you know sure you can go to the big venue shows but go check out the local people check out the people that are really grinding see what's going on K- have conversations with as many people as you can you know mm. um, pick up an instrument you know learn how to play something if you sing, saying that's lovely learn how to at least make some chords on the keyboard you know strum a little on the guitar I'm not telling you to be a virtuoso, but just get out there and give it a try. Be able to support yourself musically. Because you can have a beautiful voice. If you can strum a couple of strums or play a couple of, you know, chords there, you can actually go do yourself a show if you can do that for four or five songs. You can get up in there and get a 20-minute spot somewhere, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely take care of your instrument. If it's the voice, take care of your voice. You know, get sleep. Eat properly. You know, if you're a um, musician, you're playing something, take care of your fingers, your arms, your feet, whatever it is you do, you're the drummer, make sure you take good care of yourself. Keep your instrument oiled, you know? And, um, and I say that again, if you're playing a wind instrument, I'm, not t- I'm talking about the instrument, I'm talking about your fingers, your hands. Don't do things, don't punch nothing. Don't, you know, don't get yourself in any positions where you're gonna break stuff, you know? Or screaming and yelling at somebody so you mess up your voice, don't do it, you know? Love yourself, stay focused. You know, stay stay prayerful. You know, I think that's very very important. You're gonna meet a lot of people that will pull you along and offer you the sun, the moon, and the stars. Thank them, smile, take their number, get their email address, and keep rolling. Yes, mm. reach out, but don't be don't be sucked in. You know, right. don't fall for the okie doke. You know, the okie doke. Um, yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the now let's let's talk about your your. Film your film career and your acting and your directing and producing. What's tell us where we can see you? What, what have you done? What are you doing as far as okay, that well, that aspect goes?
1: All right. Well, let's see. Um, the m- most recent thing that's going to be coming out. I'm in a an independent feature called Brooklyn Gangster, the story of Jose Lucas, and we're excited about that. That's a Kenya Cagle Vision production. Uh, Kenya, Cable, Luana, Claxton, and uh, Tanisha Nisha Parham uh, put this piece together, and Bill Duke is connected as well, so that's a good thing for us. Um, we're going to have a world premiere at AMC Theater on 42nd Street in New York on May 17th. So we're telling people if you want to come to that, um, the tickets for that at the door are like 50 bucks. If you mm. get them in advance, they're like 30 bucks. But it's the red carpet, you know, the wine and cheese and all that, meet and greet with the cast. You know, it's going to be some music. It should be a really, really nice event. You guys can hit me up. Um, if you go to my Reverb Nation, Monet NYC, you can hit me up there. And actually, once you go there, you connect with me everywhere, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere. And um, I'll give you more information about that. You can also Google the trailer um, on YouTube. Brooklyn Gangster: The Story of Jose Lucas. So that's what's coming up in May. Um, I'm also I just I've just begun production on an independent piece called Shadows of Love by Stephanie Walker. Stephanie Walker won some awards um, on another independent piece called Braveheart, and so she won. I think she won like three different awards as a as a writer for that, which is pretty cool. So we just started production of Shadow of Love. So I'm thinking we should wrap that. By the spring, end of the spring, I guess. So she'll probably have a pre- premiere, I'm thinking, in the fall or, or shortly after that. I also just finished on um, Bill Duke's next documentary. He's doing a couple of pre- pieces, but he has a piece called Dark Girls, and folks should check that out. I'm not in Dark Girls though, because I, I don't fit there. But I am in Yellow Brick Road. <laughs> 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 Yellow Brick Road is. You know, not Dark Girl. But um, there's a lot going on there, and I'm excited to be a part of that. Bill is a wonderful person. It's just great, you know, talking with him, and I was really happy to be a a part of that piece. Um, I have uh, two short films, and I'm just um, messing around with them because I wasn't happy with what I heard. Um, So I'm not sure if I'm going to release them and just let them hang out. And let people just see them, but eventually I will when they're where I want them to be. But I've got an IMDb page on them. They're like ten minutes and fifteen minutes. And um, I have a documentary which I did with Billy Shell of Shell Shock Productions, and so he and I are busy um, moving that piece around. It's called Will to Survive. So as more comes of that, I will reach out to you so you can share. You know, and we're also in the process of yeah, we're fleshing that out into a feature film as well. So we're excited about everything, you know, it's exciting, it's a beautiful journey. I mean, I'm really excited that Life Size Mirror made it on the Billboard charts at um, number 31, just above Bob James, who, hello, wouldn't I love to work with him, too?
0: Mm,
1: Well, I mean, (laughs) you know, come on. So, um, you know, we're excited about that. I'm hoping to try it again soon, you know, that would make me real happy. Yeah, um, life
0: size, life size mirror. What's where did that title come from?
1: Because you know, it's funny. I was talking about this the other day too. Like, I look at, um, I look in the mirror like everybody else. But a lot of times, I'm looking in the mirror, and it may may or may not be a real mirror. It could be you looking in the glass and seeing reflections. But sometimes, you know, you're in a public space, and when you look in the mirror, if you notice, and you're in a space like. In a store or in the world, even in the bathroom, there's another image in that mirror, you know? And so my life-size mirror doesn't only reflect me, it reflects what else I see. Mm. You know? So mm. you're not really sure what, which of those songs is all about me or which is about someone else, you know? Y- you just don't know. And I like to leave it like that so people have something to think about.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, and life-size mirror, so... Um, ladies and gentlemen, life-size mirror Monet is dynamite. I, let me just say, I just love the whole. Uh, I love the whole piece, the whole CD, especially that baby-making song. I love that. <laughs> but I mean, it's, you know, you know what's, what's decent. What I, what I feel is decent about it is it's it's a lot of different flavors. It's like that gumbo we were talking about. You know, it's a whole lot of different. You're coming from a lot of different angles with it, and you know, with the vocals, and you can sing too, lady. And let me tell you, you can sing. Thank you, thank you. You know, um, you know, between the the flute work and, and, and the singing, it's just it's just a marvelous um, a marvelous CD. And um, before that, the it will, the name of your CD, that your um, first CD, was entitled Essence, I believe. Yes. Um. Do you still get a lot of a lot of uh requests for for music from that c d
1: yes, yes, people still really love um spirit a lot they love it um Bahia blues um vivacious those are the yeah. flute the flute pieces um a lot of folks like joy I mean, I tell people if you want to check it out, you know by all means, please do I would be so honored,
0: really, yeah, yeah. You know? It's like, I just, I'm just glad to hear, you know, someone playing an instrument, you know what I mean? You, <laughs> say, I mean, you know, and, and more than one, you know, including the voice, you know, but I just love that whole, uh, I just love to hear instruments instead of machines that can make the instrument sounds. I like to hear, you know, you can, in the background, you can hear the, the squeak from someone strumming a guitar, you know what I mean? And, it, yeah. oh man, you can hear them maybe some of the air escaping around when they're playing the flute or or the the sax or whatever. I just love music instruments. You know, I just love to hear that, you know. So it's a pleasure to hear you, you know, doing your thing and and all of the people that are with you on Life Size Mirror uh, performing. I just, I'm telling you, I just love the CD. And um, I really love having the opportunity to speak with you um, and just getting some of your thoughts on, you know, what's going on today in the industry and with our youth and and um, you know just in life in general. And you know, congratulations to you for everything that you do, just for being a positive spirit out here. Um,
1: Thank you. In this
0: world and like to like, you know, like
1: to like, you giving it back. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and so anything just. Anything that's on your mind, just go ahead with it, and then we'll close out. We'll end the the uh, conversation with that. Just anything you want to say or talk about, anybody you want to shout out, just go do your thing.
1: Oh, see, I don't want to do all of that now. Why you put me in there?
0: <laughs> oh, well, no, just, you know, if you have any closing, any, any words of wisdom, anything that you want to say, just, you know, go ahead.
1: no, no I really, you know, I just want to just thank God for, you know, carrying me forward on this, you know, on his wings and allowing me to be and, you know, making sure that I make it, made it this far and that I make it each and every day. I thank him for, you know, beautiful family, for a great mom, you know, for a beautiful child, you know, for just great friends, for, you know, people who love me and for giving me gifts and, and keeping me grounded and focused so that I pursue whatever it is that, you know, he wants me to do, whether it be acting, playing, singing, you know, educating, because that's important, you know, connecting, being just a human being, you know, loving a life, loving animals, you know, that's my thing, you know. Um, Speaking for them because they can't, you know. I'm just happy to be, I'm just really, truly happy. I feel blessed and highly favored indeed, I really do.
0: All right, well, again, thank you for the honor of joining us here at Spotlight on Jazz and Poetry for our Spotlight Conversations. Ladies and gentlemen, you just heard from the fantastic, the incomparable Monet. And uh, again, I'm just so so happy that you took time out from your busy schedule to join us here and share in um, this thing we call... uh, music and life in general so thank you once again thank you for having me ladies and gentlemen thank you for joining us here at Spotlight on Jazz and Poetry for Spotlight Conversations I hope you have a wonderful week and I'll see you next time peace